the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Welcome to the Wednesday show. That means we have a male-female hour coming up after this. Last night, I spoke via Zoom to students in England all over all over the U.K., it was, uh, these, those are moments when you feel, hmm, maybe people are hearing some of these ideas. And that's, then I was interviewed at midnight at my time on a podcast in the UK with a young man. It was very touching. He was, he's 20, about 25. He has his own podcast, deeply affected by the show and uh, prayer you and at the end he said can my mom come on who was so sweet who to be honest and i told her this she looked like his older sister and then my wife when came on to say hello to her it's, it's all very sweet uh, we are out there my friends we who believe in liberty treating people decently uh the the moral gap between right and left is the only thing that the right and left can agree on. That there is a gigantic moral gap, a canyonesque gap between the left and the right. And uh, they believe that they're wonderful, and I believe that they're awful. And it's not a matter of belief. The, the impeachment is another example of another manufactured hysteria. You know, I've often said almost every day, in fact, that the left destroys everything it touches and that while conservatives build and liberals build, the left destroys, which is a fact. But uh, there is one thing that the left does manufacture, hysteria. No, Nobody does it as well. And that's that's all this is about. The president denied for 77 days that he lost. So what? He's, he's not allowed the freedom. If you think it's absurd, he, he doesn't have the freedom to say absurdities. Did he do anything to block the next president from coming in? Did, did, he, did he bring in armed forces? Who brought in armed forces to Washington, D.C.? And why are they still there, in fact? By the way, are they really building a fence around the Capitol? Is that it's not clear? How, how disgusting! It, it, it's it, this this manufactured hysteria. It's like the manufactured hysteria about white supremacy. So, did you know that Facebook has announced this this crisis of free speech is is the greatest of such in American history? Facebook has just announced it. Well, not just. Probably when did it announce this? It's not going to take any ads for the recall of Governor Newsom of California. You know when it was announced, but it, but obviously recently. 
Think about that. They are given this this license, as it were, to be immune from any lawsuits with the deal being then you have to be a conduit for all information. I mean, we don't expect you to to allow uh, a videoed rape on the on Facebook. We don't expect you to allow how to manufacture an atomic bomb. But without such clear exceptions, people are free to express their opinions, but they're not. Why can't there be an ad on Facebook for the recall of the governor of California? Which reminds me to remind you that you can go. We, we sent in ours yesterday, by the way. Just just for the record. It said you had to sign in black or blue ink. So do you think my more purple-like ink will be okay for my fountain pen? Or will they disqualify it? We actually thought about that, my wife and I, when I when I signed it. They'll do anything to disqualify a ballot. the The people who yell voter suppression don't seem to be all that concerned with regard to voter suppression and the recall. This man has ruined so many people's lives in the state of California that uh, he he holds a somewhat unique spot in American history as utterly destructive. The, the, uh, so, with, so with the L.A. Times. These, these are forces of, of bad. They're forces of destruction. The L.A. Times defended Gascon, the district attorney of, of Los Angeles County. Endorsed. Not only endorsed, they're defending his policies. It's one thing they could endorse him because they'll always endorse a leftist. But now that they see what he's doing... Do you know that other uh, counties are not even referring cases uh, to uh, Los Angeles County? Because he has a soft spot, this George Soros-funded, truly evil man, has a soft spot for murderers because they, they don't care. You understand the left doesn't care if you've murdered or if you've raped, if you've sold enough drugs to kill a, a village. They care about your color. Do you understand the the utter inversion of moral principles that takes place on the left? I I judge you by your color, not by your deeds. This is considered there there are two groups that do this the left, like Soros and Gascon, and the LA Times, and the Ku Klux Klan. They judge people by their color, not by their deeds. Tell me if I have in any way exaggerated, in any way, shape, or form. It proves, as does so much else, like men give birth, men menstruate, it proves that if so, anything that is repeated enough, a, a half the population will succumb to. It's not a cheerful thought, but you you have it in your hands to fight you know, I'm ambivalent now. I've gone from opposed to ambivalent about the school's opening. My contempt for most teachers in in the big cities of this country is, is very sad. It's the last group I ever wanted to hold in contempt. But uh, they their disinterest in the welfare of students is mind-boggling. 
It's mind-boggling. It shows you how left corrupts everything it touches, that teachers don't care about the well-being of students. And why am I now ambivalent? Well, here it goes. Because the longer there is no school, the more people will take their children out of school permanently, which you have to do anyway because your schools do not teach your children. They indoctrinate your children. Ask your, uh, ask a, your high school student. High school. I, I probably knew this in fifth grade. But ask your high school student the following question. How many branches of government are there and name them? Right? What do you think the do you think that most high schoolers in, in big cities, not not in Kenosha, Wisconsin, do you think that the, they would have an answer to that? I don't. Obviously that's why I'm raising the question. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously don't don't ask tricky ones like how many people did communism kill? Or for that matter, increasingly, what was the Holocaust? So you wonder at a a given point, what do they learn? And the answer is, they learn how bad America is. 1-8-Prager-776, see that? There is a silver lining in the non-opening of schools. Maybe it will awaken people to the fact that teachers, for the most part, having gone through a left-wing indoctrination in order to be a teacher, don't care about your kids. That's really an important revelation. Deeply sad. I was uh, I was of the generation where the teacher was right no matter what. One of my teachers in eighth grade, so annoyed that I kept talking in class, he, th- he threw me over a desk. And if I tell that to kids... Today, they go, what did your father say? To which my response has been, you've got to be kidding. If I'd have told my father, the teacher threw me over the desk, my father would have thrown me over a desk. The teacher was always right. There was, no, there was no higher status in our home than teacher. And the left has now made that profession awful. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800 583 
Let there be no doubt, big tech and the far left have joined forces to purge America of conservative views. So why exactly are we choosing to give big tech companies all of our personal data? The battle lines have been drawn. Big tech has made it clear which side they're on. Now is the time to take a stance. Protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust for my online protection express VPN. Every device, whether you're on your phone, laptop, or TV, has a unique string of numbers called an IP address. When you search for things, watch videos, or even click a link, big tech companies can use that IP to track your activity and tie it back to you. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies whose aim is to censor you and spy on you. Defend your rights and protect your internet activity with the VPN I use. Visit expressvpn.com Prager, E-X-P-R com slash Prager to get three extra months free. ExpressVPN.com slash Prager. Just know you're not alone. Hello there. I'm Dennis Prager. Wonderful to be with you. Battling the greatest crisis since the Civil War of 1860s, of the 1860s. Our Civil War, which I have called it for decades. Always praying it would be and remain nonviolent. The left wishes to crush the country. What animates them? Uh, what were we reading last night? What is the end game of the left? Like letting out murderers in Los Angeles County by George Soros funded uh, evil men. What? By the way, if 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 that doesn't constitute evil, then what does? So I guess the left would answer, ah, systemic racism, that's evil. And you're right, systemic racism is evil. Question is there, is there systemic racism? And does letting out murderers, because they're black, or people of color, whichever term you wish, to include others than black, than African American, all right? Does that, is that the answer? To the extent that there is a crisis in black life, nothing would come close to a reaffirmation of a Judeo-Christian value system, which is true for whites, too. Yes. The arrogance of the post-Christian era is quite remarkable. We don't need a God or a Bible. We will make a beautiful world without it. But they don't. They don't. It's it's really remarkable. What you get when Christianity died in Europe? Hmm? Boy Scouts, as they used to say? Or fascism, communism, and Nazism? What are we going to get in America after it collapses? Christianity. Anybody ask that question? Are there, are there five students in... Uh, at your local university who have asked the question, let alone pondered the responses? Listen to this. The, again, the left does things with, and the question, what will it lead to, doesn't matter. So I, I've told you I discovered in the last few years, after a lifetime of studying the left, their end game is chaos. I know it sounds bizarre. I admit it. It does sound bizarre. 
And I, I don't know the psychological impetus here. I don't. What, what is attractive about chaos? I guess it's the same could be asked of any drama queen in your family. What is the end game of all of their drama and destruction? And there is no end game. The, the end game, the game is the end. This gives, this gives them purpose, impeaching a president who is not in office. It gives them meaning. Fighting for Earth's survival with the existential, the pseudo-existential threat of global warming, this gives these people meaning and it gets, gives them the excuse to restructure society. Here's a little story that proves my point. And this is from CBS Los Angeles. Ralph's, that's one of the major supermarket chains uh, in California. Ralph's Food for Less to close several Long Beach stores over hazard pay law. All right. This, by the way, this is only a preview of what's going to happen because of the national minimum wage that President Biden has enacted if indeed it goes through, he hasn't enacted. He wants to enact, yes. Kroger, the parent company of Ralph's and Food for Less, announced Monday, that's two days ago, that it will be closing two of its Long Beach stores following the passage of a law that hiked grocery store workers' pay by $4 an hour. Kroger reported that on April 17th, it will be shutting down its Ralph's store at, and it's Food for Less store, and they give another address. As a result of Long Beach's decision, it's Long Beach, California, to pass an ordinance mandating extra pay for grocery workers. This is their comment. Okay, this is the statement from the California Uh, Grocers Association. As a result of the city of Long Beach's decision to pass an ordinance mandating extra pay for grocery workers, we have made the difficult decision to permanently close long-struggling store locations in Long Beach. This misguided action by the Long Beach City Council oversteps the traditional bargaining process and applies to some, but not all, grocery workers in the city. That was actually issued by Kroger. And now the statement by the California Grocers Association. The Long Beach City Council rushed to enact the misguided extra pay mandate without any meaningful dialogue with grocers in their community. We repeatedly warned that $4 an hour increase would have major unintended consequences, including potential store closures, the reduction of work for employees, and higher grocery costs for consumers customers. In opposition, Los Angeles Long Beach Mayor Robert Garcia tweeted in support of paying grocery store workers more, saying, quote, the Kroger Corporation is closing two markets in Long Beach because our city is requiring temporary heroes pay for grocery workers during this pandemic. Grocers are making record profits. We go to court this month, and we will defend the workers vigorously. The left's interest in defending workers and helping them is zero. It is the same as the desire of the teachers' unions to help students. Zero. 
It is the same as Black Lives Matter desire to help blacks. Left, the left uses every group in whose name it speaks. Have the feminist groups come out in favor of the high school girls who are losing all their races to biological men who are transgender women? No, of course not. So it, it, this is uh, when the left in, in Long Beach, oh, we care about the workers. Uh, just please chalk that up to Bolshevik talk. Los Angeles city councilors are currently considering a similar motion that would provide their grocery store workers with an extra $5 per hour in hazard pay. Last March and April, as the pandemic was unfolding, several major grocery stores and retailers provided their employees with one-time bonuses or temporary wage increases of $2 an hour. The article is up at DennisPrager.com, 1-8-Prager-776. You ain't seen nothing yet. If there's a national minimum wage, the number of restaurants that will close after already the horrors that have been, that have impacted them because of the lockdown will be tragic. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. And I am delighted to have the senior editor of The American Conservative, another truly excellent website. We we have so much thought going on. You know, I read the left-wing websites, and their emotional diatribes against conservatives and, of course, Donald Trump, without whom they have a paucity of passion. And then I read the conservative websites, and there's so much more depth. One of the reasons is the American conservative and its senior editor, Helen Andrews. Helen, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis. Thank you for having me. Where are you located? In Washington, D.C., the belly of the beast. Well, you're very safe. I mean, the number of uh, armed troops alone should make you feel wonderful. Exactly. I can barely get down to the office. There are, you know, cordons and barricades between me and there. Where do they sleep? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't asked. No, it's a it's a legit question. They were they were the first couple of nights they were in terrible uh places. They 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 either had to sleep on the floor or sitting up. So I, I, it was an actual question. I'm, no, it's not not like Washington D.C. Go on. It's a fine question. I remember earlier this summer when there were riots in the streets in Washington. The National Guard came in to protect the city then, and Mayor Muriel Bowser arranged to have hotels kick them out, kick them out of their accommodations. So there's certainly a hostility here in D.C. to our servicemen and women in terms of where they can sleep. Helen Andrews has written a very, very important book, Boomers, The Men and Women Who Promised Freedom and Delivered Disaster. I couldn't agree with you more, and we're going to talk about that in a moment. I just want to ask one more thing about your benighted area. What what are the chances, or even better, 
it's still not clear to me what does it take to make a new state? Is it just a 51-49 majority in the U.S. Senate? What does it take? Uh, that's not a question that I know the answer to. That's funny. So I don't either. I wouldn't have asked you. <laughs> so don't feel bad. Uh, it, it's it's not been made clear to me. You know, they, they would love this, uh, even though it's unconstitutional. D.C. is District of Columbia. It's supposed to be a federal district. Uh, but uh, imagine yourself in, in a new state. I'm sure it excites you tremendously. The whole desire, of course, is to produce two more Democratic senators. So I am a boomer, and I actually wrote a column a, a while ago, an apology to the young generation <laughs> for how my generation has ruined things in this country. What's your take on boomers? I know and love a lot of boomers. My parents are boomers, and they're wonderful, and I'm sure you're one of the good ones, too. But as a millennial who's about to inherit the civilization the boomers are passing on, I have to say an objective assessment of the boomers' record would find them to uh, have failed to pass on the civilization that they inherited in the same state that it was when they got it. I think the boomers have been institution destroyers. Anything that constrains individual choice, they have knocked down like wrecking balls. And that's true across the board, from the institutions of the family and the church to the economy and business, technology, the law and the Constitution. They've just been institution destroyers, and millennials are growing up amid the wreckage. Couldn't agree with you more, and that's my generation, and I, I felt it from college when I saw during the Vietnam War, I saw it when I was at Columbia, I saw students wrecking Columbia. They would go into professors' offices, they would, this was before computers, so if you took the physical hard copy of a professor's work, he was bereft of that work forever. And I will never forget, they went into a professor's office, stole all his work, and he was bereft of his work. And uh, I remember my generation chanting, Ho, Ho, Ho Chi Minh. So I have a a tough question for you, and uh, we'll, we'll take a break, and then I'd love you to answer it. What do you say about the generation that raised the boomers? How did how did the boomers become a wrecking ball? The book is Boomers, The Men and Women Who Promised Freedom and Delivered Disaster. It is up at DennisPrager.com. Helen Andrews, the author. Helen Andrews has written a book. It's actually about boomers in general, and specifically, it's, it, it's an analysis of Steve Jobs Aaron Sorkin, Jeffrey Sachs, Camille Paglia, Al Sharpton, and Sono Sotomayor. So I asked you a challenging question, which I have thought of a lot. I fully acknowledge the damage my generation has done to this country and continues to do. Uh, Joe Biden is a boomer. And the question arises, did the generation that raised them or does the generation that raised them, which is called the greatest generation, do they bear any responsibility? 
This is a question that I get a lot, and I suppose it's only fair. I've written a book where the millennials blame the boomers for their problems, so it's only fair to ask whether we can put a little bit of the blame for the boomers on the people who raised them. But my answer is that, really, you can't. The blame stops with the boomers, and I'll tell you why. The reason why the boomers are the way they are is not so much how they were raised, but a product of the demographic fact that the boomers are an exceptionally large generation. I mean, it's right there in the name, the baby boomers. It was a birth boom, which meant that from the moment they came of age in the 1960s, the boomers have been the most numerous consumers, music listeners, voters, uh, anybody who wanted their project to be a success would target it to the boomers and their desires. If you were a politician and wanted to win, you would court the baby boomers simply because there were so many of them. The consequence of that was that it gave the baby boomers the idea that the world revolved around them. So much of the boomer legacy is a product of their narcissism. But that wasn't because the greatest generation spoiled them when they were coming up. It was because of this demographic fact, which has had just a lot of follow-on consequences. Is there a repeat of this? Uh, I, I, I just vaguely recall reading that there's a, I don't know if it's a baby boom, since a lot of people are not having babies, but is there some sort of repeat in the staggering number of either millennials or Generation X or Z or whatever, or is that, is that wrong? Uh, very recently, we crossed the threshold point where millennials now outnumber baby boomers, mainly right. because so many baby boomers have you know, driven themselves into an early grave through misdeeds of one kind or another. Uh, and it is true that the millennials are also a pretty big generation demographically because they are the baby boomers' children. And so the main consequence of that, unfortunately, has been that the generation between them, Gen X, so often gets sidelined because there there just are not so many of them. So you'll talk to a lot of Gen Xers who feel kind of left behind and left out, and that's the reason behind that, that there were a lot of baby boomers, and their kids are the millennials, and so there are a lot of them too, but the Gen Xers just get caught in the middle. So you chose a number of people. Oh, by the way, I, I think I should answer, give you my theory as a baby boomer, because I was already speaking when I was in my 20s, so I recall audience reactions, and I recall what I said publicly. And I used to say to audiences, obviously these were the, this was the greatest generation, as they say, audience, the people who went through the Depression and World War II. And I say, you know what? You say you're going to give us everything you didn't have, meaning material, wealth, security, and so on. And that's great, but you didn't give us what you did have. And that was uh, religion and love of this country. So I I do hold them uh, unintentionally responsible. They were so preoccupied with giving my generation security and wealth. I don't mean large sums of money, but material items, uh, 
that they forgot to give us what made America great for all its years. How does that strike you? That sounds absolutely correct. One of the one of the great resentments that I have as a millennial is that uh, it's against boomer hypocrisy. Uh, they were the ones who taught us that America was a terrible country and, you know, had been racist from its very founding. And I think older people sometimes don't appreciate that for millennials, that line that America is terrible isn't something that we heard from the occasional dissident faculty radical. That was orthodoxy. That was what we were taught in our mainstream public school history classes. And, of course, the natural response from the millennials is, okay, if America is so terrible, what is good about our country? And the people who were teaching us said, well, America started being good around the time of the 1960s. But if you think about it, what that means is that the baby boomers took love of America and replaced it with love of themselves. (laughs) So once again, the baby boomers' narcissism put themselves at the center of, of, according to them, the only good story to be told about the United States. And it's certainly my hope that millennials can be the generation of backlash against that. And God willing. Uh, i got to take a break. Helen Andrews, the book is Boomers, up at DennisPrager.com. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Enjoying my talk with Helen Andrews, who is... Are you a millennial? What what uh, what what do you characterize yourself as? I'm 100% a millennial, born 1986. So 19, 25 years old, or 24 years old. So you've... Uh, oh, you shaved a decade off my age there, Dennis. Not that I mind. Oh, you, wait. Well, you said... Mid-30s. Mid-30s. Wait. Did you say 94? Oh, I'm sorry. I said 86. Okay, I really got that wrong. Okay, 14 and 21. Yeah, 35. Okay. Anyway, I looked at your picture. You look 25, just for the record. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> you never know what will happen if you come on my show. It's uh, sort of a a uh, unpredictable roller coaster. I, w- I have a theory for you on, our, on, on my generation's narcissism. I knew it very early on, and... I actually was very alienated from my generation from a very early stage. When they announced in, in, in the most narcissistic statement you could probably make, don't trust anyone over 30, the, they were announcing that we are the wisest humans who have ever lived, and they still believe it. It's astonishing, and it was all the more annoying then because it went hand-in-hand with the boomer worship of youth. They thought that you knew more and understood more before you had any first-hand experience of how the world actually works, which to me sounds pretty backwards. That's exactly right. That's what the – and my antidote, I I was vaccinated against the boomer thinking – by religion, because if you take your religion seriously, you know that you trust people over 30. In fact, the people I most trusted were over 2,000. <laughs> so it, it, it struck me as, uh, as, as bizarre. Then there, did you ever come across, I'm okay, you're okay? 
What, what is oh, it? yeah, good heavens. <laughs> that, that's another. So uh, I added this description. I'm okay, you're okay, America stinks. <laughs> that sums it up pretty neatly. Of course, that slogan never held much attraction for me because I know I'm I'm not okay. <laughs> I need to get better, and I'm trying to get better every day. Where, where, do you come from a religious background? I do. I do. I am an Orthodox Christian. I attend a Russian church. Yeah. You see, it doesn't surprise me. You wrote a very wonderful book, Boomers. It's up, folks. It's biographies of various leading boomers in there. The men and women who promised freedom and delivered disaster. Helen Andrews, I hope we speak again. Thank you so much, Dennis. This was fun. Good. Thank you. Not shocked. The Dennis Prager Show. Live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio.